0: What does it mean to connect to your future at Lake Michigan College? They connect you to your future passion. Explore paths to careers that will excite and motivate you. Visit lakemichigancollege.edu to find out how to connect to your future.
1: This is the Robotics Roundtable Podcast from News, Talk, Sports, 94.9 WSJM, highlighting area robotics teams, leaders, and students. Presented by Berrien Springs Public Schools together inspiring students to think, learn, achieve, and care in a global community by Eagle Technologies. Become a part of their next generation of success. Apply for our apprenticeship program at eagletechnologies.com and Lakeshore Public Schools, supporting and offering STEM education, science, technology, education, and math grounded in tradition, committed to excellence. Here's your host, Tim Dunai.
2: Hello and welcome back to Robotics Roundtable on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. I am Tim Dunai and I'm happy to be your host again. With me today is my co-host as usual, Mr. Brian Sorensen. How's it going, Tim? It's going good. Um, Are you ready to continue the education process?
3: I am. I've learned a lot so far and I can't wait to see what I learned tonight.
2: Well, that's kind of the spirit. What can we continue to learn as we get older, right? So... Right. Uh, we meet here every Tuesday to discuss high school area robotics with teams from the Southwest Michigan area. In addition to us being on the radio, you can catch us on WSJM's Facebook page and catch past podcast of the robotics Roundtable on WSJAM.com. Say that fast, past podcasts. Uh, today we are joined by the bionic bison from new Buffalo, Michigan, in the world of first robotics, every team has an assigned team number, and they are Team Fifty Five Thirty Five. Welcome, Bionic Bison. Hello, you guys can say hello. <laughs> you guys
3: are—we were talking
2: of just a minute ago, and then we just clammed up. So, um, thank you guys for taking a little bit of time to uh, to meet with us. We'll give you a, you a chance to uh, to tell everybody that's listening a little bit about your team and some of the experiences you've had through throughout the season so far and, and maybe what some of the goals are for the team. And the best way to do that is let's start with letting the team uh, introduce themselves. So if we st- should start right from the, from the far left-hand side, uh, let us know your name, uh, the grade you're in, and tell us how long you've been involved with uh, FIRST Robotics.
4: My name is Alyssa Roskowski. I'm a junior, and I've been in robotics since my freshman year.
2: Right. Next.
5: Uh, My name's Autumn Bukowski. I'm a senior, and I as well have been a part of the team since I was a freshman.
2: Okay.
6: My name is Zoe Price. I'm a senior, and I also joined the team my freshman year.
0: Okay. I'm David Fairchild. I'm a junior, and I've been in the robotics team for two years.
2: Okay. Right. And those are the students. And then uh, are you guys, do you all attend New Buffalo? Yes. yes. Okay. And then in the in the center is um I don't think I heard this person chime in as a student, so it must be our mentor.
7: Yep, I'm Abby Keisper and I'm a mentor for the Bionic Bison.
2: You're a mentor for the Bison. How long have you been in that role?
7: This was my first year mentoring this team.
2: Your first year mentoring the team? And what is your past experience with robotics?
7: I was on my high school's robotics team, the Average Joe's Team 3620, as the lead of electrical.
2: And did you participate uh, all four years, or how many years did you participate there?
7: From freshman to senior, so all four years.
2: Okay, okay. And then, so what year did you graduate then, Abby? How long have you been off of a team and now doing this role?
7: I graduated in 2019, so I've been out of high school for almost three
2: years now. Okay, okay. And what do you uh, what do you do um, now that you've graduated in the professional world? What do you do?
7: I am a controls engineer apprentice at Eagle Technologies.
2: Okay, and um, tell us a little bit about the the apprentice um, program there. You you referenced. How did you how did that become something that you became aware of?
7: Eagle came to multiple robotics events. They also sponsored my high school's robotics team at the time, and they told me about an apprenticeship that they would pay for all of your schooling, and pay for you to work for them, and you got a degree, and then you got to go right into full-time work.
2: Okay, very good. So, um, so you found an immediate benefit of being a part of a first robotics team. Would that be a true statement? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Okay. And so, what you're doing in your day to day life is that, um, is that just basically robotics extended?
7: Pretty much. I mean, we, you know, rather than building a robot in six weeks, we just build a gigantic assembly line in a couple months and then ship it. So,
2: good. So, real life things started to come out of your experience in first robotics. And, and so, tell me, what brings you back to, to be involved? as a mentor how did you take on this task
7: I always liked I've always looked up to all the mentors that helped me during high school and how much fun that I had and a lot of it was because of the mentors and so I wanted to be that for a team and I wanted to inspire them to just you know do great things as well as having fun you know at a competition and during build season
2: okay and um I guess I'm going to I'm going to wait and I'm going to ask some of the students uh, because you are relatively young as a mentor. So um, so any of the students just chime in and tell me the dynamic of having a younger mentor is that uh, does she still kind of direct you and and make I I know Abby a little bit. So I, I know that she can probably make you get things done. Is it easy to have a mentor who is relatively young and closer to your age? Yeah.
6: yeah, Yeah. I feel yeah. like um, we get a lot, along well with all of our mentors. I feel like Abby, she can definitely get us a little bit to get stuff done, but she's always very um, friendly with us too.
2: Good. Um, so tell me a little bit about competition-wise. Where have you been so far this year? I mean, the season's, you know, we're about halfway through the season. I think you're getting ready for um, your next event and where did you compete already, and where are you headed to?
5: Uh, we already competed at Saint Joe during week two, um, and now we are headed for our week five at Lakeview.
2: Okay, and that's Battle Creek Lakeview. So, so tell me how how week two went. Um, what did how did you you do as a as a team and with your robot? I mean, there's two different things there: a, awards and how did you do with your robot. Go, Go ahead,
0: Dan. Go ahead, Go ahead um, David. I think we did really good. A lot better than we expected to do.
6: Yeah. yeah. Uh, At the end of qualifying matches, we were ranked second as a team, and then we went on into finals, and we were eliminated in semifinals, but I'm still really proud of how we did.
2: So you were ranked second uh, after the 12 qualifying matches out of 31 teams, Correct. Yes. And I, I, I would like I would like honesty, because we love honesty, right, Brian? So right. where where did the team expect to be, or say, if we can be ranked at this after qualifications, where did you really, ex- you know, where was the goal?
5: Uh, we Our goal was to at least rank 15th overall, because
3: okay. it was the
5: first year coming back from COVID and all that. So we are like, we just want to do what we want to do when we come here. And we were like, our expectation is at least 15th, and then we showed up as second. So it was a, kind of like a surprise to all of us, but it was, it was really exciting. It was definitely um, part
6: of coming back, especially because our team was, is about half the size it was my yeah. freshman year, which is the last year we really had a full robotic season.
2: So so Alyssa, I'm curious, is you know, the team is ranked second, and that was throughout the course of the event Um, what kind of conversations was the team having? Like, can you believe that? Or are we going to be woken up from this dream?
4: It was kind of like a shock to all of us because we didn't expect to get that far and to do as good as we did. So Mm -hmm. we were just kind of excited and just like happy to get as far as we did.
2: And and I'm curious, was there a point in time where like after qualifications, the ninth match or the 10th match where you just started to go, we're doing quite well, this is, you know, it's more real. It's not, you you went away from being surprised to you just expected to do well. Was there a point where that started to happen?
5: Not really, because no. anything could have happened between, like, the first, like, five matches we did to, like, the last five. So we were just, like, always kind of, like, on our toes, kind of seeing how everything would just end up. Yeah. Especially because we were doing well and we want to continue doing
6: well. So mm-hmm. I think we were all feeling that maybe a little bit of pressure yeah. there to keep that up. Definitely.
2: So aside, I mean, so the rankings are one kind of pressure. Um, I'm, is it safe to assume that we have a mix of, because it's a smaller team, everybody kind of does a little bit of everything. Is that, would that be fair? Yep.
3: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
2: So, so, Performance-wise, not what your ranking was, but specific things that you wanted your robot to do. Did you meet the goal? What were some of those goals, like shooting low hub, high hub, or hanging? Where, did you have set goals, and did the did you start to meet those goals? So,
6: at the beginning of the season, when we first got our challenge, we sat down and decided what we wanted to. Really focused on when designing and building our robot. And we decided that we wanted to be very efficient in scoring in the low hub, two balls, and very efficient in climbing to the mid rung because we figured if we were very efficient, that would be better than scoring in the higher hub and not being as efficient because consistency is key.
2: Definitely. Um, so I I during the event, um, I was there and I was in the back in the judges' room, and I was listening to um, this. Was, uh, Brian, if you recall, this event was uh, broadcast on ESPN three. So yes. when this team, when the team was um, in, in the elimination rounds, uh, Dan Kimura, I want to say is the gentleman's name that from Michigan first that um, he does play by play for ESPN three, and he made the comment when he was referencing the the Bionic Bison that. Um, back to your point of efficiency, putting two balls into the low hub every time is just as good as putting two balls into the or into the the, the high hub fifty percent of the time. And if you saw somebody that was shooting at that competition, it's an oversized tennis ball. So when you launch it, try to drop it in the hub, it looks like it's going in, but then bounce out. It goes and the bionic bison. Um, were very impressive because it was very repeatable two at a time and dropping them in. And I'm assuming that, I mean, so that was the goal right from the beginning, right? With your strategy.
5: Yeah, yes. it, it was.
2: Did you have other teams talk to you when they're doing scouting and talk to you that, you know, did they look for somebody who that's what they were looking for specifically was someone who was going to do that low goal
5: um when we had scouters come and talk to us it was kind of like a mix because they really wanted us like they wanted to know what we could do and like kind of strategize if like say it was like tech bikes they shot uh high uh hub and we shot low so we wouldn't have gotten in each other's way but we also had the opportunity where we could have also played the defense bot if we needed to do that so we kind of gave them um, like a couple different options that we can do so we can make it work with every team.
2: Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about the scouting. You mentioned the scouting and there was something that occurred at the event that I've talked to Brian in the past about. So I, I want to bring that up when we come back from a commercial, we'll talk a little bit about scouting and the benefits and the purposes of the scouting. Brian. Yeah, we will talk more with the Bionic Bison from New Buffalo, Team
3: 5535, when we come back on the Robotics Roundtable, News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM.
1: Now, more from the Robotics Roundtable, thanks to Lakeshore Public Schools, Eagle Technologies, and Berrien Springs Public Schools on WSJM.
3: All right, welcome back to Robotics Roundtable on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. I'm Brian Sorensen with my co-host Tim Denai. We are talking with the team from New Buffalo, the Bionic Bison, Team 5535. And Tim, before the break, we were getting ready to talk about the scouting that took place. So I would love to yeah, hear more so, about the
2: scouting. Yeah, so we were getting into what teams were talking as, as we do the scouting um, pit interviews and the team can talk a little bit about that. And actually I want, uh, I'd like to know the importance of the scouting where that comes into play and autumn we were talking a little bit while we were off air there's there's a you know there's a portion of this event the alliance selection that happens so kind of explain what happens in the alliance selection and your part in it
5: uh so the alliance selection is when eight teams uh go into the finals and each team picks two teammates and they're to kind of like I don't want to see like battle it out, but see who just carries on to like the next round.
2: So, in the qualification rounds, the your alliance partners are randomly drawn. And now you're picking your partners based upon, I'm assuming, this scouting data you've been gathering, correct?
5: Yep. Uh, so, when we went to pick our first uh, teammate, it was the Tech Likes. They respectfully declined, but we had already picked a backup just in case that was to happen, and we ended up picking the Robo Rangers from Cassapolis.
2: Okay, so then that was my reason for asking that. So, Brian, the, the alliance selection happens, and it's probably the most high drama moment that takes place at a robotics competition is when the 2nd seated team says – we'd like you to for, or to like to form an alliance. And then the third seated team says we respectfully decline. So, so autumn, were you prepared for that to be stated? I mean, you know, I going to be honest. I just, I'm curious. And then you guys quickly recovered from it, but I've always been curious about that perspective.
5: Um, I was like half and half, like it was either they were going to accept or they were going to decline. Um, So when they did decline, we kind of found out why, Um, because they're a very good team and they're good as like an independent uh, alliance leader. So when they declined us, it was like, I at least had my backup pick just in case of this. And with the Robo Rangers and the alliance that we picked, I was still happy with the outcome.
2: So, David, what were you thinking during that moment in time? Where, the, I mean, was it okay? They said no. Fine, we're on to the next pick. Um, I was, I was going back and forth. I got kind of
0: excited because we thought they were going to be picked by the first, the the first team, um, and we were all kind of getting excited. And then they declined, and we we're like, "Well, uh, <laughs> who are we gonna move on to next?" And Casopolis was our next one.
6: They're awesome. So- They're
2: so i'm i'm curious then um uh maybe from Alyssa, um is did you guys if you didn't understand the importance of the scouting data did it really kind of come home right at that point in time where you realized we had a plan someone shook that plan up and now we need to use our data to come up with the next best option
4: yeah because i feel like if we wouldn't have had scouting like the scouting sheets and we wouldn't have been paying attention to like each team's bot and what they were good at and what they weren't the best at, then it would have been a lot harder to pick a good team to make a good alliance with.
2: The driver for the tech tigers. I saw him earlier in the competition and it was, how's it going, Carl? And he's like, yeah, we're, we're doing okay. That was your third pick was the tech tigers or your second pick. I should say, right. The tech tigers. Um, Right. and So, was it something you saw in the data you collected that said they would be good? Were they meant to be your defensive bot?
5: Um. So, with the Bobo Rangers and I on, um, we went because they had like the stats that they had uh, collected. So they actually had like a data sheet. Um. So, looking at that, we were we had a top five that we were looking at that we saw do defense, but could also do other things as well. Okay. Um, so as it was going on, I came down to them and we were happy with the pick. Um, It was just looking for what we could see as one of our best uh, options.
2: So who do you think was happier with the pick you or them? I would think they were because they were, they thought their day was done and, and, they were the second to last group picked. So I think it worked out really well. I just, it's fun to watch that part of it. Um, I want to talk a little bit about some of the other things that happened. Um, the Alliance selection process, that's cool, but let's talk a little bit about some of the recognition that the team re- the, uh, the team um, it received. And that would be, let's talk about safety. And I think there's somebody who wants to talk a little bit about safety Tell us what kind of recognition and why safety is something you're so passionate about as you sit there in the orange vest.
5: <laughs>
6: um, yes, this is um, my safety vest so that um, everyone can locate me easily if there is an emergency. And I also have this amazing ouch pouch It actually my giant backpack that weighs about nine and a half pounds that I always have on during competition. <laughs> so, so what's in, the, what,
2: what is in the ouch pouch?
6: There's a lot of different equipment. Like there are bandages, tourniquets, even just little small band-aids, which I also keep in my vest, as well as CPRS, trauma um, pads, all that fun sort of <laughs>
2: stuff. Um, so you mentioned one thing, which I was I was curious about. At the event, I, I was thinking, how heavy is that thing? Because it looks a lot heavier than just the you know, less than 10 pounds um it, so you answered that question. Have you had to put any of the bandages or anything into play? Um, have you had to use that during this season?
6: Um, fortunately no, we did have one little um poke with a staple, so I got a band-aid and I was like, this is my first <laughs> band-aid I get to give out. <laughs> <laughs> Not getting too but um Abby poked her finger with a staple and she was like oh I was, she was like oh I poked my finger and I was like Are you bleeding? She was like, Oh a tiny bit. I was like you need a band-aid so her <laughs> band-aid but that's luckily, oh, luckily.
2: So, so, Abby, nice job as a mentor, knowing that your student needs to be recognized for their hard work. You put a staple in your finger. That's nice of you. Um,
6: she like, barely poked her finger on like the end of a staple. She didn't like staple her finger or anything. giving him the opportunity
2: to use her <laughs> Very good. That was nice of you. Very kind. So, well, congratulations for that recognition. Um, then also the team received an award and that award was, uh, who wants to tell me what the award was? Alyssa. <laughs> <There
4: you go. laughs> um so it's kind of just like an award for cause we got the reason we got the award was because
7: Gracious <laughs> <it's just> professionalism. <laughs> <It's
4: just> professionalism. <laughs> professionalism. And it's for cause we basically we were helping out a bunch of teams that needed help in the pits and like with their robot or needed to borrow tools or anything. So we got it for helping other teams out basically and being someone that other teams could rely
6: on.
2: So David, uh, your first reaction when you guys were announced as receiving the gracious professionalism award, what, I mean, surprised, proud of it. Tell me, tell me your perspective. I figured we had a chance at it because we did, One of our mentors was spending
0: a lot of time with two other teams. So while we were all busy working and worrying about our bot, uh, he spent time helping other teams. Um, He was not really around to help us, but
2: he spent a lot of time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't
1: know.
0: (laughs) But
7: but is that
2: a little bit also too of being at an event like this where that's just expected because at some point in time your team may be the team that's in need of help and somebody's offering you that help. Um, so, you know, I'm just, you know, Abby being a part of a team in the past and maybe even having been part of a team that received gracious professionalism before as a mentor to this group of kids, um, what would, what kind of pride did you have in that?
7: I was proud of them. I, I was part of the reason that we won gracious professionalism back when I was on my high school team. And so to see that these kids got to win it for our team, it was just nice to see that, you know, we as mentors have shown them how to treat others and to make sure that we're always helping others that we, we all can enjoy the event.
2: Good, good. Um, And again, congratulations. I mean, you know, the goal here is to, is to accumulate points, and hopefully qualify for the state championship, and it's good to receive awards, there's also some points that come with that. So that could help you towards the team goal of, of making it to the state competition. Speaking of state competition, Brian, we'll talk about uh, the next event that they have coming up and some of the other things that are happening in the community that uh, are stemming, get that guys, stemming from the robotics team.
3: Awesome, Tim. Well, we will continue our discussion with the Bionic Bison from the Robotics Team 5535 out of New Buffalo on Robotics Roundtable. This is News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM.
1: Now more from the Robotics Roundtable. Thanks to Lakeshore Public Schools, Eagle Technologies, and Berrien Springs Public Schools on WSJM.
3: We are back on the robotics roundtable on News Talk Sports ninety four point nine WSJM. I am Brian Sorensen with my co-host Tim Denai. We are talking with the Bionic Bison from New Buffalo Team fifty five thirty five.
2: And when we uh, before we departed for commercial, we talked a little bit about some of the changes that are happening in the community or the awareness in the community, uh, driven a large part by the Bionic Bison. David, what can you tell us about what's, what new exciting things are happening in the community? Uh,
0: we are getting a new building for all of STEM-related activities. Um, it's A lot of it, I think, is going towards us, uh, but it will also help other classes that go on during school or any outside activities as well.
2: So is this in addition to, um, to the high school building? Is that where it is or is it a separate building? Tell me about that. Separate building across the street from our high school. Okay, and that will be open to. From your understanding, is that for classroom activities also? Is it for after school only, or is that yet to be decided? I think that's going to
0: be decided later on. I don't think that there will be any classes, but there might be.
2: Uh, There might, or maybe some teachers will just use it here and there for classes. Okay. Okay. So tell me, as a team. Um, any of you can jo- join in on this. How would you like to see that, that building used and how do you think you might be able to use it to continue to grow what you've been a part of here for the next generation of Bionic Bison? Alyssa, how about you? Because you've got another year left, right?
4: Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it'll be good for us to have a much bigger space to work in than a classroom and we'll have our own field to use. And it'll just be much easier than having to go to, like, a different school to use their field, but we can just go right across the street and use our own. And I just feel like it'll be much easier overall.
2: So, Autumn, do you think that that building space, you know, if you're – granted, you're you're a senior, but – Do you see how that could be used to draw, you know, either hold camps or draw in some of the younger students for like maybe an FTC program or FLL or anything like that, where, you know, you could help to grow um, what you guys have been a part of?
5: Yeah, I think because of like the uh, area that we're now going to have, it's going to be able to like bring more students in and like kind of say, hey, like we can create these new teams like FLL and FTC, um, so, cause we'd have like those classrooms for them to be in and they can also see what we do as high school students, um, being FRC. So I think having that area like opens up a new like area for more students to start to get involved.
2: So how, how big is your team? Uh, we didn't really ask that at the beginning, how many mentors and how many students on the team? Five,
5: five mentors Six, nine and nine students.
2: Okay. Um, Almost, almost a two to one or one to two ratio. But um, after your competition, did you, did you hear anything from other people who were interested about, you know, you know, what the robotics team was all about? Was there any kind of talk from other students?
5: Um, We have a student. His name is Juan. Um, After we got back, um, one of our teachers was like, hey, you know, we have a robotics team. You should try and go to one of the practices. And he was actually here yesterday learning about code and uh, wiring, doing the electrical. And he seems really interested. So we kind of adopted him to the team now. (laughs) So he's he's one of us. So we kind of have 10, but... Cause he plans on coming to next week's uh, event. So we're kind of trying to get him to see what other possibilities he has.
2: I'm going to, I'm going to guess once he goes to the event, he's, he's the 10th team member. I'm pretty certain of that. <laughs> um, and, and that's very similar. Brian, if we recall, we talked with um, the green engineers and the green engineers were a part of the winning Alliance at the St. Joe event. And right. uh, they picked up, Four team members to, by within two days of the event. One of those was a, um, a coder, and uh, and then three other members. And they had an interesting um, recruiting method, if you will. Their blue banner that they won for uh, winning the competition. One of the mentors is a teacher, and he took it and he hung it on the. Um, above his whiteboard in his room and he just left it there the whole day it was a major recruiting effort to say if you want to be a part of this come join the robotics team so um your success is what you know added you know you grew another 10 percent if you think about it to your team so that's a nice <laughs> job so um and i think that those things continue to grow as as you guys get the opportunity to. To use the space you can always I know you're walking out the door a couple of you as, as seniors, but you can always come back and go, I was a part of what really kickstarted this thing so you should take some pride in that. So talk to me a little bit about uh, your next event where you're going, what are you hoping to do you had some success with the robot, what are we hoping to do at this next competition.
5: Um, so at our next competition, first of all we're going to Lakeview Um but we kind of want to do the same thing, be super efficient and roll goal, climb mid-rung. Um, one thing that we did do from St. Joe between our, like, two-week period is that St. Joe, our wrist, had a little bit of, like, a wobble. Um, So when we got back, that was one of the main things we wanted to focus on was to stop the wobble from happening. Um, so just- defi-
2: you said – where was that wobble? You said it was the, the wrist?
5: So like our bucket, so where our plaque is like that, it kind of wobbled um, when we brought it back
2: up.
1: Um, so this so- is as,
2: and I'm just I'm describing this for someone who's on the radio. Is is basically would it be like a a shovel where I'm I'm grabbing the balls and and I want to lock my wrist into position so that I can then shoot from there. Okay, I I actually did see I think in competition I saw a little bit of that that moving of the okay. So that was something. How did you guys come up with that's what something you wanted to work on?
5: Um, We looked at the stats um, because we went over matches. We watched matches. um, We got a few data sheets. um, And a lot of it was our missed shots were mostly from the wobble in the wrist. So seeing that, we're like we could have made an extra five shots if we didn't have this wobble. So that was the first thing we wanted to fix because – was something that affected our um, ability to
2: shoot. I'm curious. So you looked at the data, but then as the who's the uh, driver and operator? That's David and Autumn. Is okay. So did you did you recognize that during the competition? Because there's just so much going on, where it's like I shoot, I uh, miss. I got to go get more. Did you notice it at all? Yes. Major. Okay. Okay. Did I'm curious. So did that? How did that affect the? This is a competition, so how does that affect you getting ready to do the next shot when we have this problem? Did it you just have to put it out of your mind?
5: Uh, So we kind of had to work with it. So as we were driving, we'd wait like an extra like three seconds for it to kind of stop wobbling. Then we would shoot and see if like if it would make it with a little bit of wobble or if it was just better off just shooting it and then going back and picking up another two and shooting it um, it was just kind of watching whatever was like a good opportunity to shoot.
2: All right. And then, so just the last question on that would be, who was the driver? Who's the operator? I am the driver and I operate. All right. So it's, it's you who's deciding when to shoot, right? Autumn. And, no, I, I oh. shoot. Oh. Yeah. Okay.
5: And I control the arm that moves the bucket from a uh, ground level to shoot. And then I also control the climbers. So it's kind of okay. split. We both do.
2: So I'm just curious then is, is, do you communicate to each other audibly with words or do you, have you just done it enough that you kind of go off of each other's actions? Do you still have to talk?
5: It's really oh. both.
2: Okay. And, and then those moments where it misses, then you look at each other and say, that was your fault, or you just no, try to get the don't. next one?
0: I take blame, naturally.
5: Um, there was a few times where I would be in, like, the process. I'd be, like, going up, and he would just shoot him, and then he'd be like, okay, that was my fault, but not do it again. Um, like, there's just a few things that, like, communication was key. Um, just, like, there was one time we had – penalty thrown on us and that's because we had a bot right on top of us and he saw them back off and he was telling me put the arm down and I was consistently saying no because I knew they were right there and they were defensing us and I got tired of him telling me to put it down so I put it down and we got the penalty and I he was like if that was back away. If you
2: would have done it right away.
5: If they would have done, right done it right
2: away it wouldn't have been No, because
5: they came back. Because they have, well
2: they have to back away for five seconds. So this is, um, I was just going to say, and then David said, you know, that was my fault earlier. And I was going to say, well, that was graciously professional the way you handled it. And then <laughs> we devolved into this. <laughs> so, um, but I, I appreciate you guys sharing that. Cause that's always still one of the things it's that learning that continuously is like, there's quite a bit of teamwork just within the two people who are there trying to, to get the robot to do everything they need it to do yeah. on top of people then trying to get too close to you. Um, I appreciate all that information we uh, we're going to take a small break and then when we come back i'm going to give the team time to think about shout outs people you'd like to recognize whether it's organizations or anybody that you might want to give a shout out to you don't get to do this robotics thing without somebody helping you along the way, so when we come back we'll we'll make sure we cover our shout outs Brian.
3: All right, and we will wrap up our discussion with the the Bionic Bison from New Buffalo, Team 5535 on Robotics Roundtable. This is News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM.
1: Now, more from the Robotics Roundtable, thanks to Lakeshore Public Schools, Eagle Technologies, and Berrien Springs Public Schools on WSJM.
3: Welcome back to Robotics Roundtable on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. I'm Brian Sorensen with Tim Denai, and we are wrapping up our discussion with the Bionic Bison from New Buffalo, Team 5535. And Tim, this is kind of my favorite part of the show because we get to see all the people that they thank for sponsoring or helping out or anything involved because there's so much that goes on into the robotics besides the team themselves.
2: And I would think a graciously professional team has got a lot of people that they know they owe some thanks to. So, David, how about some shout outs? Uh,
0: I'd like to shout out Creative Manufacturing uh, for helping us build our cart, and then um, some of the families. Um, they help with food, uh, uh, planning things. Uh, I believe isn't uh, one of uh, one of our parents is helping volunteer for our next comp, mm-hmm. um, and they help out wherever they can.
2: Great. Zoe, how about you?
6: I would like to thank our sponsors, Art and Image, Cinefax, and Teachers Credit Union. I would also like to thank my parents and my sister Libby for being so supportive of me. And I especially want to thank our mentors. We couldn't do it without you guys, especially Noah for putting up with all my
2: crazy ideas. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Autumn, how about you?
5: I would like to thank Edgewater the um, and especially in the Buffalo area schools, they really helped us through this whole um, year. I would also like to thank uh, Mrs. Tanksley for the potato skins. I live off of those. <laughs> thank you.
2: <laughs> very good. Alyssa, how about you?
4: Um, I would like to thank Conrad Plastics for sponsoring us and my family for watching and being very supportive.
2: Very good abby how about you do you have anybody that you want to you want to give some shout outs to
7: i'd like to shout out barnum for sponsoring us as well as first robotics in a whole for having live, giving us the ability to have live competitions again and as well as my dad for giving us his camera for this uh discussion (laughs) yes
2: (laughs) so uh, we got a little bit more time um your dad who is he and tell a little bit more about what he does for first robotics
7: Well, my dad is Ken Kiespert, and my family owns a production company. We do audio, video, and lighting for various shows, productions, conferences, whatever you can imagine. And so for the St. Joe event, he has been doing this since 2012. He has done all of the video feed and streaming and sound for the robotics event for St. Joe, especially when it used to be hosted at Niles back in the day.
2: And also your dad, um, he helps with us as I'm a part of the planning group um, for the Lego League competition that happens and the first tech challenge event that happens. Uh, the um, the audio visual, everything is just the whole production is is top notch at the high school. And when teams come in and they see our Lego League competition that your dad puts together and the first tech challenge, it's top notch. and the, Phenomenal. They always do a great job. And, um, I, I don't know that your dad will ever stop doing it would be my guess. I don't think he will probably, he's used you and your sister as an excuse to be involved, but once you're done or your sister's done, you think he's still going to be doing it?
7: I mean, he started in 2012 and he had to drag me to a competition. So I'd assume he'd stay around.
2: I imagine that he will. Brian, we, um, we got the shout outs in and we kind of got it in, in record time. So, you know, so I'm curious now, things that you're learning along the way here, um, are there things that you might want to ask the team that, uh, you know, we really haven't talked about um, as far as that, that you saw at the competition, like, you know, whether it's the pits or anything like that?
3: Yeah, the, the pits were very interesting because, you know, being, I've never been to one of these competitions before, walking into the pit area is kind of almost overwhelming. Like, uh, what do you bring with you? I mean, obviously, you need to bring your computers and, and, and different things. Like, is there uh, things that you absolutely have to have? And uh, you said before, you were talking about things that you were sharing. So is there things that you kind of count on needing to like, help out each other with? Or, or how does how's the, the pit work when you get set up?
5: So, what we bring is we have a bench that we've made um, that it has, like, sections. So, we put, like, our tools in those sections with uh, uh, Milwaukee packouts. So, they all have a designated area. So, we have, like, wiring stuff on one side and then extra parts on another. Um, And then in the middle of that, there's, like, a little bench that we can put, like, a computer on that we can connect to the robot. Um, We also bring our battery cart, which holds... Six batteries on, um, and has another shelf underneath it for all the safety stuff. <laughs> our judges' books, our all the binders that we need, on, um, and it's just. We also, cause like when teams need help, we usually have like extra extension cords if they need them, or sometimes um a team's pit won't be. Um, like lit up so they won't have like electrical going to it. So last comp, a team had problems with connecting to their power source. So they plugged into ours and what an extension cable over to there. So they had some power to taking it from us, which we want to do anything we can to help other teams in the pits. Uh, we also had. a. Autumn,
2: extra- I was going to say, are there, so are there any things based upon having gone to the first competition that you said the team has decided we need to have this in the pit that we could have used last time, but we, we didn't have. Is there anything you've added to the pit? Just like you improve your robot, did you improve your pit for the next competition?
5: I'd say our pit is pretty much going to be the same. Uh, we didn't really okay. add much. Yeah, Definitely more spare parts, though, because we had a few gear problems, and we kept having to, like, reuse a gear that was kind of, like, shaved down, and we had to, like, rotate it, so we're definitely stocking up on a lot more spare parts, because we never know how a competition is going to go, so that's definitely one of the things we're stocking up on, but other than that, I can't really think of anything that we've added to the pits other than spare parts.
2: Great. Well, I appreciate you guys sharing a little bit more information. So as Brian starts to feel more and more comfortable, I know within the next year or so, Brian's going to be part of a team. I'm going to be done with having a co-host and he'll be part of a team. We'll be interviewing him. You know, I want to if thank this you was guys. around
3: back in my day, I would have definitely have been a part of this. If this had been around, you know, 25 years ago, um, I probably would have been involved with it.
2: 25 years ago is really not that long ago and that's all we'll say we don't have to go into anything more specific than that we' don't, this is we're done talking about age so um, I want to thank you as a group for for joining us today um, we really enjoyed getting to hear more about Bionic bison the growth that the team is having um, that I expect to see more of. I'm anxious to see how you guys do um, at your next competition. Look forward to hearing great things. Wish you the best of luck and success um, as you hopefully participate at uh, Michigan State Championship and potentially further on down the road from there. It'd be really great if that happened. Um, But it's been great to learn a little bit from you guys. Brian, we'll get together next week again bring another team yet to be determined who's going to join us. But um, we'll definitely have somebody on the radio with us talking with area high school robotics teams. Remember, if you would like to catch the podcast of this show, our other past podcast, look on wsjm.com. Definitely look on WSJM's Facebook page for this video and other videos. Until we get together again, Brian, we'll see you later. Bionic Bison. Have a great day.
1: You've been listening to this week's Robotics Roundtable, highlighting area robotics programs, leaders, and students. Robotics Roundtable on WSJM is presented by and Springs Public Schools. Together, inspiring students to think, learn, achieve, and care in a global community. By Eagle Technologies, become a part of their next generation of success. Apply for our apprenticeship program at eagletechnologies.com. And Lakeshore Public Schools, supporting and offering STEM education, science, technology, education, and math. Grounded in tradition, committed to excellence. Listen every Tuesday at 6 for Robotics Roundtable on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM-FM, Benton Harbor, St. Joseph.